King Solomon possessed more riches and enjoyed more pleasures than any human in history. Learn why he hated life even though he had everything and how you can love life while having much less. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings everyone. The biblical King Solomon had great, a great amount of wealth, really wealth beyond what anybody in Jerusalem had ever had before according to what it says here. And uh, he had huge amounts of gold and silver and uh, concubines, many women uh, that he thought was just what he needed to fill his desires and his pleasures. And if you look at uh, all kinds of billionaires today, I see that uh, virtually none of them have learned the lesson that Solomon had to learn the hard way. Whatever Solomon desired, every, anything he desired, he had all the money he needed and wealth, gold and silver, whatever he desired, he went out and he took it. And he, he just had it all, you might say. And you would think, well, he, was, he must have been so happy and happy and happy all the time. But do you know what Solomon said after that was all over? He said, I hated life. I hated it. Now, do you believe that? <laughs> Can you believe that? Solomon had all that, and he hated life. And do you know this is one of the great lessons that God has to teach us, and almost nobody has learned it today. Almost nobody. I was taught this lesson by Herbert W. Armstrong when I was a young man, and I was able to learn from Solomon's mistakes. But I'll tell you, I, I had to really work to tear that self-will out of my life so that I could put, put the, the right goal there to change things. There were trials and tests, and there always are. God has to teach us to set the right goals and to work to achieve them. The first goal you need to have is that right goal. And then secondly, you have to get the proper education to achieve that goal. And this goal is beyond any other uh, that you'll, you'll find anywhere. But I want to show you today why King Solomon hated life. Why did he hate life? It is the greatest lesson because, well, did you know there are ways to, and, and rules and laws to, to uh, love life, to really love life? Well, Solomon, after this great experiment, hated life. I want to read to you from Ecclesiastes 2. I'll just hit the highlights here. That's Ecclesiastes 2, and uh, it's in the uh, Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. And I'll just hit some of the highlights here, but here's what Solomon said. I said to myself, come now, I will make a test of pleasure. In other words, just enjoy everything. And that's what he did. He said, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any 
who had ever been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold, and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, many women, as it says here, man's delight. Well, is that what makes you happy? Well, notice what he goes on to say, So I became great, and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure." Well, what about that? And I'll tell you, there's nobody that's ever been able to, let's say, experiment with life the way Solomon did. Nobody's ever been able to do that, at least not recorded in the Bible that I can see. But God allowed all this to happen so He could teach everybody a lesson. Solomon's lesson, though, has been rejected. People don't want it. <laughs> I mean, if you, you look around, you know this is true. If, if everybody's really striving to have that kind of a life, aren't they? Aren't they all trying to achieve that goal that Solomon was trying to achieve? Well, hey, whatever your pleasure is, just go out there and get it and enjoy it. But you have to be careful, very, very careful. And Solomon, after he did all that, he considered well, uh, what, it, what he did. And he said, Then I considered, and all that my hands had done, and the toil that I had spent in doing it, and behold, here's his conclusion, behold, all was vanity, and a striving after wind, striving after wind. He just said, Look, at the end of his life, all he had after all of that was a handful of wind, just vanity. Well, how about that? that that's really unknown to most people in this world. And I certainly have experienced it, and I know that it works. But just think about all those things that Solomon had. Just you'd think, well, if anybody was happy, Solomon had to be really, really happy. But he he said he spent his whole life striving after a handful of wind. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's something that people really do need to learn. And here he said, goes on a little later, he said, All was vanity and a striving after wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. And that's when he, he came and he said, I hated life. He said, I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me. It was just grievous. Can you imagine all that being grievous? Really. When you get right down to it, he was just wrapped up in himself. Isn't that right? For all is vanity and a striving after wind. It's just all vanity and a striving after wind. Well, now, is that really the kind of life that God wants us to live? Oh, no, it isn't. And he's made that very clear. 
All of his life's effort, Solomon said, was just for nothing, the, at least in, at that point in his life. That's what he said. He, he's really teaching us a wonderful lesson. Herbert W. Armstrong wrote that he'd met all kinds of bankers, millionaires, industrialists, merchants, statesmen, and he said, uh, with all that success, they never were, had found real happiness. Never had. He said, I have known scores and scores of farmers, and they'd sacrificed and worked hard out there, and they had food and shelter and clothing, and a little passing entertainment and pleasure, a little. But in the end, they too had been on a treadmill, striving, striving, striving after wind. They weren't really going any place in their life. They were sort of living like a mole in a hole. <laughs> I mean, uh, they were just getting what they could here on this earth. Nobody seemed to look beyond that. Not really. They think they do, but they don't. He said, and, and Herbert Armstrong went on to say that uh, they had these little fleeting interests and moments of pleasure, but uh, in, the, in the end, it. Uh, it didn't produce anything. It was just nothing. Do you know, when you stop and think about it, that when you think that all of Solomon's uh, desire was for materialistic goals, That's, that was his whole life. He, his passion was just to do everything he could with material goods to be happy and happy and happy and it made him hate life. Now, you stop and think for a moment. There is a God, the great creator of you and your mind, and uh, do you think that really is His purpose for us in life? Well, no, it isn't, and He's made that very clear. But He gives you a choice, and He makes you and me, He makes all of us choose. He makes us choose. And most everybody chooses the wrong, makes the wrong choice. And let me read to you something from Matthew 6, from Christ's own words. Verse 31 of Matthew 6, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. He knows that. Verse 33, But seek you first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things, these material things, shall be added unto you. He'll give you all kinds of blessings. But you have to seek the kingdom first, not the material things first. They've got it upside down. And if you look at the curriculum of universities and colleges, do they ever really have anything in that curriculum like, uh, well, why was I born? Why was I born? What, what am I? Who am I? What is the purpose for my being here? Well, don't we need to know that? Don't we need to know that? I remember Marlon Brando saying, 
near the end of his life. He said, I, I, I'm sure that my last dying breath, I will ask, what was that all about? What was that all about? And he had just about everything, most people would say, but it, it didn't make him happy, did it? Absolutely not. But look, most people just cannot look beyond material things. They can't do that, and it's all just, it, it, if you're just looking out for number one, that's just a, a huge, hideous thing. It's just being ramped up in self and being wrapped up in just what's happening on this earth. Colossians 3 and verse 1 says, Lift up your eyes and see all these things I have created, really, for you. He's going to give us rule over the whole universe, everything, under the Father and the Son. But think about that future. Incredible human potential, and you ought to write for our book on the incredible human potential. But I'll tell you this: if you get if this coveting of material things gets a grip on you and gets you in its clutches, it is you have to work extremely hard to just tear it out of your life. It's not easy. It's never been easy for me, but boy, does it bring rewards in your life and happiness. It really does. And we can overcome it, but it's going to take a real effort and the power of God to help us do that and to do it for us, really. But do you know, and if you read the Bible, you know that God says uh, that your life should be just surcharged with uh, beaming joy. Beaming joy in your life and a, par a sparkling personality and all of that. Do you see much of that on this earth? Do you really see that on this earth? Here's what Mr. Armstrong wrote To that end, the great God set in motion both physical and spiritual laws, the observance of which would produce that result of the abundant happiness that we all seek. And he also said that accomplishing the overall purpose for creating human life also demanded the principle of free moral agency. In other words, we'd be like robots if God didn't give us that free moral agency so we, we by our own volition, can choose what's right and what's wrong. And he tells us what that is and the, what the true values are. But look, there, there are laws and there are rules that He says He has set in motion that will produce blessings or curses. He makes us choose, because God wants to build character within us, His character, and He can't do it unless we have free moral agency and are able to choose. And some people have to learn the hard way to make that right choice. Notice what it says in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. You should read Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 through 20. But notice verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, 
that both you and your seed may live. Choose life. Choose blessing or curse, one way or the other. Solomon chose the curse way, materialistic way. Materialistic, well, look, material things are not going to, not going to make you happy spiritually, and that's the key to everything. You can't enjoy even enjoy physical or material things unless you choose life. You can't even enjoy them. Solomon said, "Why I've had, I had them, all, I had them all, and I hated life." Wow. If we don't choose life, we're just well a little chemical existence. That's all we are. Really, do need to learn these lessons, and and. Uh, as Mr. Armstrong said, the, the real goal leads somewhere. It leads somewhere, not just vanity and a, a handful of wind. He, he, God wants us to lift up our eyes and see who has created all these things and see the vast universe. And He says He's given, He's going to make all of that subject to you, to mankind, under the rule of God the Father and Jesus Christ. All of that vast, vast universe is for you and for you to beautify and make, make it all look beautiful, unlike what it does today after Satan wrecked it through his rebellion. And that's why it's, you see all the pockmarks and everything like that. That's the way it happened. Romans 8 talks a lot about that. This world, I'll tell you, it's just descended into a, a deep darkness. And, there, and this is a dangerous, dangerous world. But listen, there are, there are inexorable laws, never-changing laws that God has created, and He has set them in motion. And you can be ignorant of those spiritual laws, and you, and you break them, and they're going to break you even if you are ignorant. It doesn't make any difference. He has set those laws in motion. One, the right choice, well, brings blessings. The wrong choice brings, brings cursings. Look around this earth. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that there are curses all over the place? Well, because it's not God's world. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4, this is Satan's world. And oh, is he doing all kinds of damage. I'm telling you, the word this world's education is materialistic. It's materialistic, and that was Solomon's problems. And that kind of life leads to people hating life, hating it. Can you imagine that? Hating life. Wow. And going nowhere. Don't you want to go somewhere? Didn't the great, wonderful, loving God create some awesome, awesome goal for us? beyond this material world. But oh, how easy it is to fall into that trap, and that, that's not going to make us happy. Notice what Solomon wrote when he, uh, he was in his right mind, you could say. Proverbs 8 and verse 10 and 11, it says this, Receive knowledge rather than choice gold. 
I think most, see again, most people would take the gold, wouldn't they? Oh, sure they would. For wisdom is better than rubies or diamonds. <laughs> wisdom is better than gold and diamonds. That's what he's telling us. So much better. And notice this in verse 13 of chapter 3. It says this, Happy, happy, happy is the man that finds wisdom, and the man that gets understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Happy is the man that does that. God wants to make us happy. And if you see your, the right goal, you, you're going to have some trials and tests to build the character God wants in us and demands that we have to be able to rule the whole universe, or we'd just wreck it again like Satan did, or Lucifer when he rebelled against God. There was one, one time in history when Lucifer was a very happy angel. The, uh, certainly uh, an angel that uh, was really probably the greatest archangel that God ever created. It certainly indicates that in the Bible. But here, you see, God it goes on to say in uh, Proverbs 4, verses 5 and 7 and 8, uh, that He's going to bring honor into your life. You're going, to, you're going to receive honor if you'll just listen to God. See, listen, we, we, we have to choose, choose life. God set in motion these, these rules and laws, and He says, okay, now choose, and I want you of your own volition to make this choice, and then you'll build character and you'll build my mind, and He is recreating Himself in man. That's the ultimate creation. Even God can't create something greater than that. What a wonderful, wonderful vision that is! How precious it is! Oh, how unhappy this world is! And you, can't you really look out and see it in many of their faces that they're not happy? You violate those rules and those laws, physical and spiritual, but the spiritual ones are invisible. You break them, you're, they're going to break you. The same with the physical ones as well, like what food you ought to eat. And physical laws like that, that will keep you healthy. Solomon said, I'll read that again, I said to myself, Come now, I will make a test of pleasure. Enjoy yourself. So he sought pleasure. Now you have the coronavirus, and we've lost all of our sports, and uh, I think you see a lot of people in the world just about becoming unhinged because they've lost their sports, their great pleasure. They have that great pleasure. Let me read to you a prophecy that tells you that very thing would happen. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And you need to read all this for yourself. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. 
not God. Without natural affection, verse 3, truce breakers, false accusers. Boy, this is a horror movie. That's the way it is on this earth. Verse 4, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Oh, they love pleasures and sports more than they love God. Oh, now I see, and we can all see, in the last days, if you know God and you know the Bible, you will know we're living in the last days. That's why God doesn't go into detail there. Lovers of pleasure more pleasures more than lovers of God. That's Solomon's problem. That's what he was talking about. That's what he was talking about. And then verse 5, having a form of godliness, just a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, from such turn away, turn away from that, a form of godliness, a ritual. And God says, turn away from that and let me give you the power to be extremely, supremely happy by keeping rules and laws that I have established. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. King Solomon possessed more riches and enjoyed more pleasures than any human in history. Learn why he hated life, even though he had everything, and how you can love life while having much less. God lays out a step-by-step -step plan for loving life, but only a rare few have ever followed the formula. Request our free booklet, The Seven Laws of Success, to learn how to achieve success that will live beyond your physical life. First, you must be able to define success. The vast majority of mankind is unaware of the correct definition of success. You will be astounded to find out that no human need ever become a failure. By applying these priceless laws of success, you will be joyful in sad times. You will thrive in hard times. You will soar to an incredible eternal future. Also request to enroll in our free Bible course. The Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course will establish the perfect foundation for success in your life. Prove for yourself from the pages of your own Bible the keys to prosperity, peace, and lasting happiness. Explore the fundamental truths of God's Word and how these truths can transform your life for the better. You will also receive a transcript of this Key of David program. Understand more deeply why King Solomon hated life despite indulging in every kind of pleasure and luxury. Solomon himself eventually discovered the hidden cause of his depression. It appears that he dramatically turned his life around with God's help. If you are struggling and unfulfilled, you can follow Solomon's example. You can unlock everlasting satisfaction. You can learn to love life no matter what trials and tests come your way. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request The Seven Laws of Success, enrollment in our Bible course, and a transcript of this TV program. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.